Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Hey, good morning, everybody. So glad you're joining us online. And I just want to take a moment and welcome you from your homes um, as you're sitting enjoying time with your family. And I, I just want you to know uh, how, uh, just what a privilege it is for us to be able to gather like this. It's really interesting as we live in the day and age in which we do, so much is online. Um, but what a cool opportunity for us to be able to gather together as a church and just with this wonderful team here. Um, and we just want you to know, for those of you that are at home, we miss you guys. Um, but we're excited to see what God's going to do in and through our lives as we explore His Word together today. Uh, a big shout out to all those that were able to come in this morning, just help help make this happen. Um, but we're excited about what the Lord's going to teach us through His Word today. And uh, before we jump in, I just want to remind you of a couple important things that are coming up for us this month. Next week, we have a special guest that's going to be with us. His name is Bob Sorge. He's probably one of my favorite people in the world. He's an incredible pastor and leader, Bible teacher and author, a great friend of River Valley, and he is going to be here with us right in the middle of our prayer and fasting. He's going to come and enjoy uh, just some time being with our church family, but we're going to get to enjoy him most of all. So I really want to challenge you next week. Be here. Be here in person. Bring somebody with you. Bob always has a very timely word for us, um, and we're excited to just hear what God's deposited in his, his heart. Um, you can check out your email, um, and there's a little video in there that will help you a little bit understand, if you don't know who Bob is, a little bit of his story. It's a remarkable story of God's grace and his incredible mercy in this man's life, um, but we're privileged to have him here with us next week. Um, I also want to uh, just invite you now into the reading, because we're getting ready to kick off now. Really, this week's going to be week number one for our Life Without Lack series, where we're going through the book, Life Without Lack, by Dallas Willard. And it's really an exploration of the book of Psalms, um, and we're going to get to that here in just a few minutes, but I want to give you a little bit of instruction as we get going. Maybe some of you have already started reading um, and enjoying kind of what's in this book. This week, we're going to kind of cover the intro. Pastor Bob's going to be with us next week, and then Zach's going to kick us off on chapter one the following week. I believe that's the 28th. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to be reading the chapters the week before um, the week that we're preaching on. So, in other words, be reading the introduction and chapter one these upcoming weeks, these next couple weeks, to be ready for the message that Pastor Zach's going to bring us um, around Life Without Lack in chapter one. Um, These chapters, I'm just warning you right now, the first couple are pretty deep. And so I want you to take some time and read through them, really process through them. Take your time. You've got plenty of time to read through them. For those of you that are listening to it, that's usually how I do a book as well. Um, Take your time and maybe listen through it a couple times just to let it absorb in your heart. It's going to be an incredible journey for us as we explore this book, Life Without Lack. I also want to encourage you, before you read every time, and Dallas Willard did the same thing in the book, to read Psalms 23 right before you open up the chapters of this book. Even if you're starting again in the middle of the week and reading another part of the chapter, just stop for a second, read Psalms 23, and let's just let the Holy Spirit deposit in us the things that He wants to um, when it comes to the exploration that we get to have um, through this book and really through this season that we're going to be exploring it together. I promise you that if you will lean into this book, the Lord will bring you revelation on His surpassing greatness Um, and all that he brings to the table in relationship with us, which I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. It's way more than we bring to the table. So I just want to encourage you to jump into that. And 
As I mentioned before, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church family, and this season can oftentimes be daunting for us. It can be, as we're exploring it, we feel both the highs and lows of, of saying no to some things so we can say yes in a greater way to God in our life. And I just want to invite you um, to, and remind you that you don't have to muster up all the strength and energy, all the capability to work through this season. In fact, if you're doing that, then you're missing the point of fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer is all about learning how to lean into the sufficiency of God and not into our own capabilities. If you're fasting food and those things, you feel the weakness in your body. There's a purpose for that to remind us of how beautiful and wonderful our God is and how He can sustain us in all those things. But as I was preparing this week, I felt like the Lord gave me this, this uh, passage that I want to read to you. I'm going to read it to you out of the message. I just want you to listen to it for a second. It'll probably be on the screen for you as well. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 19. It's in the message version, so they don't really have the, the chapter components in there. But I want to read this to you, and I want you to listen Listen to the words of this if you are wrestling through this season of fasting and prayer. Here's what it says. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. I want you to think about those words. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work, His work in us. Endless energy and boundless strength. Any of you parents out there that have little kids, you need to listen to this space right here. Endless energy and boundless strength. It's a beautiful gift from God. And it goes on to say, all this energy issues or comes from Christ. This is your encouragement this morning. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from your ability to strengthen yourself. It doesn't come from your ability to get a protein shake. It doesn't come any of those spaces. The strength and energy that we're talking about here comes from Christ. It goes on to say, God raised him from the dead. And I just lost my notes. Hang tight. God raised him from the dead. And set him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe. This is Jesus, the Lord over your life. In charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for this time being, but forever. I want you to get that into your spirit this morning. He is in charge of it all has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, listen, is not peripheral to the world. I want you to hear that this morning. The world, the church is not peripheral to the world. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. The church, that's you and that's me, is not peripheral to the world. It's central to all that God is doing in the world. So as you process through this season of fasting and prayer, as you're working through the day-to-day challenges, here's what I want to remind you, that Jesus has all the strength and capacity that you need. Jesus has all the strength and capacity that you need. He's enough. Trust in Him in this journey. Amen? This season of 21 days of fasting and prayer is really prepping our hearts for the greater thing that God wants to do in and through our lives. And so I want to invite you into that space to trust in His strength and capability as we journey through this season. I'm excited to get started really in this this sermon series that we're in. And um, I've read this book, and the reason we're kind of processing through this book, Pastor Zach and I were talking about it months and months ago, and it's a book that's deeply impacted my life in trusting God and in His sufficiency in a greater way. I read it for the first time about five years ago, four to five years ago, um, rec- recommended to me by a friend. 
Um, and as I read through it the first time, I could not believe the truth and how it was striking some chords in my heart of things that I was wrestling through and processing in my life. And as I processed through it that first time, some things began to awaken in me. And then when we first hired Zach, him and I started talking about this book that we had both kind of experienced and were reading. He had experienced the same thing going through it. Um, and this past year, I've actually been going through it one-on-one um, with Ben Nolan. Him and I meet about once a month and just spend some time together. And we read a book together. And this is the book that we've been processing. And it's taken us almost a year, maybe even a little bit over a year, just to get through our times of reading and processing this book together. And I believe that the depths of it are going to be rich for you as well. That's why we've brought it into um, really how we're kicking off our years, because we believe this to be a powerful space for us as we grow and learn to trust the sufficiency of God. What we really need today is people, namely Christians, that really see and really believe what they profess to see and believe. I want to let that sit with you here for a moment. In the day and age in which we live, what we really need is Christians, followers of Jesus, who see and believe what we say we believe. Knowing about things is not knowing them in the depths of our hearts. Knowing about them intellectually doesn't mean that we're experiencing them through our lives. Saying the right things about them doesn't mean that we actually believe them. And I want to draw you into the space because I believe Psalms 23, for many of us, is one of those passages in Scripture. I remember being a little kid in children's church, learning Psalms 23, memorizing Psalms 23, having it be a part of my life. I've heard hundreds and hundreds of sermons around the space of Psalms 23. But as I've processed through this book, Life Without Lack, it has come alive not only in my intellect, but also in my life, the way that I live my life. And that's the prayer that I have for you. Many of you could do the same thing. You could recite Psalms 23. You could process your way through it very easily. But what we want to do in this about next eight to 10 weeks is we want to experience it on a living experience. We want to experience it on the depths of how we actually process life and think about life. We want the, the, uh, the Word of God to come in and transform the way that we think. And so we're going to process that through Psalms 23. We all want what Psalms 23 states. I just want to read this over this minute. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or lack nothing. Can I just tell you, the Lord wants that for you more than you want that for you. As we sit here this morning, as we begin to explore Psalms 23 and just the the beauty of it, I want you to know that God wants you to experience uh, just the fullness of who He is in your life to where you could literally say with your mouth, I lack nothing. I want nothing. He is everything that I need. That's what we're pressing into over this next eight to 10 weeks. We want what we say and what we recited and what we memorized to actually be the pattern of our life. By the end of our journey together, my prayer is that you really see it, really believe it, and even more so truly live in this space of life without lack. As we read through the book, again, I just want to challenge you, um, as you're exploring the chapters, take moments throughout that time and read Psalms 23. My, my hope and prayer for you is that you will have read it probably somewhere between 50 and 100 times over these next 8 to 10 weeks. Um, that you will have processed Psalms 23 in that way. And what it's going to do is it's going to give your heart a space for the Holy Spirit to work in because His Word is going to not only be around you, but abide in you. So I want to invite you to that space. Parents, I also want to give you this little tidbit. 
Um, Kelly's done an amazing job, and she's got some curriculum for our kiddos that they're going to be going through Psalms 23 the same way in their classes as we gather here on Sunday morning. So I want to encourage you to talk to your kids about it. Kids, if you're sitting there with your parents, I want to challenge you. Have some conversations with your parents about Psalms 23 and just what God's uh, bringing to your life. So let's jump in. We're going we're gonna, to uh, read the scripture together, Psalms 23. And I'm going to read it out of the New King James. And the main reason for that is, is because it's just the version that I memorized it in when I was a little kid. And so I want to read this. It's the, the passage that most of us know very, very well together. But I just want you to take and absorb it here as we process through it. Psalms 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the beauty of your word. Lord, we thank you that it is far more extravagant, far more filling, far more satisfying, God, Lord, than we even give it credit for. And Lord, today we're asking that you would bring deep revelation to our hearts, Lord, as we explore this beautiful word that you've given to us, Lord. And Lord, as we process it today, may we internalize God and live out of this place that you are our shepherd. We lack nothing, God. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the power of your word. It's alive and active. Lord, we're inviting it to transform us today, Lord, as we process through it. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to just process real quickly through Psalms 23. This is something that if you, as you read the book, you're going to do that a little bit together um, through the introduction. But I want to take and kind of draw our hearts into it this morning. I want us to take a, a, some deeper steps into the river of what God's doing this. I just want us to break it down from just a very simple and practical standpoint. So as you're sitting there with your family or maybe you're just watching online, as you're processing through, as we process through some of the verses of this, here's what I want to encourage you to do. As you process through one of these spaces, I want you to send a text to somebody of just your thoughts of something that the Lord was speaking to you as we work through kind of each one of these sections. Now, I'm not saying send out uh, 10 texts, but I'm just saying as we're processing through, take a moment and send somebody a thought about what you see God speaking to you in this moment. So the first part of it, very, very simple. The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, I am in the care of someone else. I want you to think about that for a moment. Because oftentimes we think that we take care of ourselves. But according to Scripture, and if Jesus is the Lord of our life, we are in the care of somebody else. Here's, here's what that really means is I'm not calling the shots. He is. And because He is my shepherd, here's what follows that. I want you to hear this. I shall not want. I want you to think about that. If the Lord, if we've made him Lord and Savior, shepherd of our life, here's the declaration that we get to make, not because of us, but because of his complete sufficiency, I shall not want. With him as our shepherd, you and I, I'm going to make this declaration, I lack nothing. You 
lack nothing. And when the Scripture gives us this definitive description here, it's not, there's not outliers in that space. Well, I might lack a little bit in health, or I might lack a little bit in finance. No, that's not what Scripture is speaking here. It is saying because the Lord is our shepherd, He provides all the sufficiency that we need. Sounds like some teaching that Jesus did. I want you to think about Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and what? All of these things will be added unto you. And and what he's saying there is everything that you need for life, you will have. It's the same principle. As God spoke it through David in in the Psalms, Jesus repeated it in Matthew chapter 6 to set our hearts at ease that we don't have to make this thing happen. We don't have to go off of our own strength and our ability, our own wisdom, our own talent, that what we get to understand is that our shepherd supplies everything. Can I remind you, the sheep bring nothing to the game. Sheep bring nothing to the game. In fact, the only thing that sheep typically bring to the game is chaos and struggle, right? They're the ones the shepherd's trying to chase down and keep them from harm. We are no different. Let's be real. We're no different. Like in our journey, like we are the ones that brings the craziness to the moment. Jesus is the one that brings his sufficiency and calm and peace to us. So we can make this statement, if the Lord is our shepherd, I lack nothing, right? I shall not want. And it leads us into this, this space of revealing what the Lord brings to the table. And here's what he says. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. I want you to think about this. Sheep only lie down when there's lots of food and when they're full. Think about it. If not, sheep are up grazing around looking to be full, looking for their next meal, right? The Lord leads us in this place. That's what is leading us. The reality of it is is the Lord is leading us in these beautiful green spaces of growth and life and spaces that fulfill us in Him when He is our shepherd. It's what fills us and so that we don't need to go to external sources to find sufficiency in our life. It goes on to say that He leads me beside still waters. Still waters supply sheep with more than enough water to be satisfied. Jesus gives us a water that completely satisfies our deepest need. I want you to think about the same conversation that he had with the woman at the well, where he was talking to her about this drink of water, this, this sustenance that she was, it didn't, it didn't make any sense to her human mind. It couldn't make sense to her human mind. He was speaking of something beautiful and supernatural that he was depositing inside of her and that he was bringing to humanity. This is the same concept that we see in the New Testament when Jesus is inviting us to drink deep of the living water, right? And I want to invite you this morning, and as we go on this journey of life without lack, once again, it is not about your strength. It's not about your ability. It's not about what you bring to the table. It's about what this good shepherd brings to us. He goes on to say, and he restores my soul. Can I just say this? My soul needs restored because of the brokenness that I've experienced in this life. And that I've lived in the brokenness that is around me. I need complete restoration. Can I just say this over you? You need complete restoration. This is what Scripture talks about, about being born again. That the Lord comes and not only meets our physical needs, not only meets our spiritual needs, but He comes in and He meets our emotional needs. That's what the soul speaks of right here. Our mind, our will, and emotion. Think about this, that the the king of the universe is restoring you, spirit, soul, and body. 
This is why we can talk about him being completely sufficient because we don't need to go to a therapist. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I've utilized therapists in my life. Great resource for conversation, right? But he is the ultimate therapist in our life. He's the ultimate one that can come in and literally restore your soul, bring strength to your emotions, bring stability to your life, bring peace to your mind. That's what he promises us. God is the restorer of broken things. He alone. And each one of us have been broken by this journey in life, by the sinful world that we live in, by our own choices that we make. And I love that God doesn't say, and you've got to put all that back together. We sang about it this morning, right? He picks up all of our pieces, puts them back together, right? That's the work that God does in our life. That's why he's the good shepherd, and he's restoring our soul. He's restoring your soul. I want you to hear that this morning. He goes on to say that he leads me in right paths for his honor. That's a new living translation right there. He leads me in right paths for his honor. We are always asking, God, I need your direction. Lord, I just need to know what to do next. Can I just tell you, he is never lacking in wanting to give you direction for your life. He will lead you in right paths. I'm going to help you with something this morning. Those paths may not be what you want. They may not even be the path that in your mind you're like, oh, that's the clear path that I should go down. He will lead you in right paths for what? Not for your good. I want you to hear this. It's for his namesake, for his glory, and for his honor. So here's what he might do. He might lead you down a path that is challenging and difficult and hard. Why? Because he wants you to learn to trust him more for his namesake. He might lead you into a missional space in your business or community that looks difficult from the outside that you wouldn't choose on your own, but for his namesake, he's assigned it to you. Why? Because he's going to be your good shepherd, and he's going to lead you and guide you and be everything that you need in those moments. Church, we've got to understand that he leads us in right paths. When the brokenness of my life is restored, then what I get to do is learn how to walk in right paths. Can I just tell you, that's almost the majority of our Christian walk. We spend our part typically before we know Christ getting off track on all kinds of different things. And what the Holy Spirit does when he makes us new is he draws us back into a right way of living, a healthy way of living, because he's restoring us and leading us into right paths. I just want you to know this morning, it's not on you to find the right path for your life. I want you to just let that soak in for just a moment here. It is not on you to find the right path for your life. The good shepherd will lead you into paths of righteousness, Our responsibility is to respond to his leading. This is why it's so important to make sure you know who you're following. It can't be social media. It can't be the trends around you. It can't be anything other than the person of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd leading us. I want to let that settle in your hearts. I really felt like that was a word for many of us this morning because we're striving to find the right thing to be doing with our lives. Can I just tell you? Fix your eyes on Jesus. He will lead you into the right paths. He is good at it. In fact, can I just say, he's the best at it. So let's let our hearts settle in that moment. I want to take just a breath right now. We've processed through about half of this. I want you to be thinking, what are some of the things the Lord's been speaking to you just in these first few verses as we've been processing through Psalms 23? Take just a minute, something that the Lord speaks to you, I want you to shoot it out to somebody else as an encouragement to them. We can do that in the middle of a message. It's okay. It's not going to disrupt anything. Take a moment. Think of somebody that you can send a little word of encouragement to about what we've just talked about in the first half of this space. 
Let it just be something that the Lord has been whispering to your heart, okay? I'm going to give you just a second to do that, and then we're going to step into the next part of this. For those of you that are online, it's kind of fun watching the people that are around me. They're all on their phones, and this is actually the, the only time that I would celebrate that, but no, this is, this is kind of fun. The next space says this, as you finish up your text, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Now, I'm just going to prophetically speak this over your life right now. As you process through Psalms 23 and life without lack, here's what's going to happen. You're going to learn how to live into a place and a life without fear. And I'm just prophetically speaking that over your life because fear tries to dominate in the culture that we are in. Here we know that if we are being restored, we can be in the valley with all kinds of evil around us, but our eyes are fixed on the one who takes care of us in the good and in the bad. That's exactly what this passage of Scripture is speaking here. We are not moved because He is faithful. Jesus said, fear not, almost more than any other declarative statement in the New Testament. We can live without fear, even in a world consumed by it. How can we live like this? Here, the next verse tells us, because you are with me. You want to know the key to living a life without fear? It's the awareness that he is with you in every circumstance. Let that sink into your heart this morning. You can live a life without fear. And I know some of us, and I don't want to belittle fear in any way, shape, or form. I know some of us, it is a, it's a, a demonic attack upon our lives where fear overwhelms us oftentimes. And here's what I want to help you to understand, that Jesus is inviting you into a place of, to fear not. He's inviting you into a place of His sufficiency. And the way that we lean into that space is day by day, moment by moment, learning how to fix our eyes on Him and to be reminded that He is with us. This is the same thing that the disciples wrestled with when they were in the boat. They were freaking out. Fear was rampant. Everything around them was going crazy. Jesus is taking a nap. And they wake Him up and they're like, Teacher, do you not understand what's going on? And Jesus literally sits up, kind of gives them a, hey, guys, I was sleeping moment, and then just speaks to the wind and the waves and says, be still. He's giving them an example of what it looks like to have the Lord with you in the most difficult, difficult, challenging, scary places of life. And every one of us either have experienced that or we will experience that on this journey. The moments of walking through the valley of the shadow of death where fear surrounds us. We live in a generation, I would say that we live in a nation that is driven on fear. Our news media sources, all the things that surround us is fear. And can I just tell you, this should be one of the greatest examples and beacons and testimonies of the Christian faith is that we fear not because He is with us. I want to declare that over you this morning, sitting in your home, in your bed, wherever you're at, that He is with you. That's why you can have peace in this journey, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Emmanuel, Jesus, God is with us. Come on, that is the word. I want you to just take away from this moment here, he's with you. Goes on to say that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is what it means. I won't go into details literally about kind of the content of this. There's all kinds of messages around it. But here's what I want to say. Not the U.S. government. No gun that you have, no safe 
No money market account, no savings account. None of those things can protect you like Jesus can protect you. He is our protection. Therefore, I fear nothing. No war, no loss, no natural disaster. You fill in the blank, whatever you're facing in your life. None of those things get to be the thing that capture my attention. Why? Because the shepherd is walking with me and he is my protection. I don't have to protect myself. I don't have to take self-defense classes. I don't have to do any of those things. Not saying that you can't. I'm just telling you this morning that that is not where your safety comes from. Your safety doesn't come from having a good job. Church, you need to hear that. Your safety doesn't come from having the security of a, you know, a financial freedom that's ahead. Your safety and security, your protection comes from the shepherd whose rod and staff, they comfort you and direct you and beat off the, the enemy as he comes near you. You've got to know that in your heart this morning. It is not about what you bring to the table. It's about what he brings. goes on to say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I love this. Since I love my enemies, I just want to be reminded, that's what Jesus commanded us to do. Since I love my enemies, I can invite them to experience the abundant provision of God that God has prepared for me. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this banqueting table in a whole different way. I want you to think about it as a table that the Lord has set, you're sitting at, and you're inviting your enemies to come have dinner with you. Think about that this morning. This is literally the picture that Jesus was saying to love your enemies, to cover them, to protect. Invite them into, listen, the provision of God in your life. Invite them to the table table that you didn't set, you didn't prepare, and you didn't put the food on. God did, and he's inviting you to have a meal with your enemies so that they can experience the provision of God in their life through you. Think about that this morning. That changes the whole perspective. Who's the next person you're going to invite out to dinner and have them sit at a table with you? Somebody that maybe you would never in your life have thought or experienced. That's what the Lord's inviting us to, to have a heart because we've been touched by the love of Christ in us, because he has poured so much into our life that we have a capacity inside of us to invite our very enemies to the table to come and feast and experience the provision of God. That one's a mind-blowing one right there, but I can tell you it is one that will change your life as you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to stir in you. It goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil. This is such a fun study in Scripture, and you can do this at some point in time. But just what I want you to take from this is that the lavish provision of God to protect us from all the little things that might come to infect our mind and our body, that's really why they poured oil over a sheep's head, was to protect them from little bugs that would get in their ears and their nose and their eyes and infect them. That's really the whole point why shepherds poured that over. It was a protective mechanism for them. It was an anointing space that, that the little bugs would get in that and then they would drown in the oil. You guys, are, you guys know that? You guys are like, hey, that's a new one for me. Come on, go look it up. It's a great little study for you. But it's one of the protective things that the shepherd does to guard and protect from the little things that try to get in and bring infection into your life. I want you to think about that. Much like the Holy Spirit's work in you. We know the Holy Spirit to be an oil, right? This is what Scripture describes the Holy Spirit. And God pours the anointing of the Holy Spirit over our lives. And it's not just so that we have that warm, ah, oh, feeling. It's so that we are protected from all the little things that come and trying to get in into our lives that's trying to steal your attention from God. This is why we fast and pray, right? Because we get in these moments where we're leaning into the Holy Spirit's work in us and it transforms us. The little things in your life are often the things that will bring the most disaster to you on this journey. 
And the Lord gives us this beautiful picture that he anoints our heads with oil to keep the little bugs from getting in there and getting an infection in your ear, something in your eye, right? Causing you to see different or hear wrongly, right? The Lord has given us this beautiful gift of his anointing oil of the Holy Spirit over us so that we can live healthy in him. Church, can we receive that into our lives today? Can you see the just enormous provision of God to us? And then it caps it all off with this. I love this statement. My cup runs over. He is so sufficient and extravagant that I have way more than I need to partake in this generosity he's given without fear of running out because everything that I have runs over. I want you to think about this more. This is the generosity that the Lord is inviting us to live in in our lives, that we would break any fear in our life of running out. I want you to think about your paycheck. I want you to think about every time it hits your account and every time you think about giving or being generous, every time you think about the tithe, every time you think about helping some, some homeless person that you drive by or walk by, every, every time you hear of a need of somebody around you and you're thinking, man, should I give into that? Here's what I want to draw you into this morning, that your cup runs over. Your cup runs over. You can trust God to provide all of the provision you need and what he's inviting you to do is to be someone who is so generous and so extravagant in that because he's been so generous and extravagant to you that your cup will just continue to run over. I'm going to tell you this this morning. God does not lack anything to fill your cup ever at any time. But what he's looking for is people who will be generous with their resource and their time to be a blessing to others, to show the extravagance of God through their lives. Church, we want to be that people. I pray that and want that to be in your life, that you would be extravagant with your generosity. And then here's the part that I love about this passage. It's the part that we sing about. We actually sang about it this morning. Is surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The shepherd's care for me is running all over me at all times. It's running after me in every moment. Because of that goodness and mercy, I have access to the abundance of God and have nothing to fear. I want you to just process that in your heart. You have the abundance of God and you have nothing. These are not just words I'm trying to preach at you this morning. This is why we need Psalms 23 to come alive to us. Not to be words that we're listening to or even that we're reading off of a page, but something that is a declaration from the inside of us. David was making this declaration because it was something that he experienced with God. I want us, as we process through this journey, for this declaration to come out of us. This makes the world, I want you to hear this this morning, a perfectly safe place for us to be because he is with us. Some of you are really wrestling with that statement this morning. You'll read it in the book as well. The world is a perfectly safe place for you and I. Yes, with all of its brokenness and war and travesty and scariness and all of it, it's a perfectly safe place for you and I. Why? Because of the Lord is our shepherd. He's with you. He's with you. We have got to be a people that break out of the mold of this world, the fear that surrounds us. We've got to be a people that learn how to live our lives, understand that surely his goodness and his mercy it follows us all the days of our life. And I, the capstone to that is where is that found? In the house of the Lord, in his presence, drawing near to him. That's why we're in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, to set aside some things in our life so that the presence of God can be more rich and full in our hearts, 
in our homes, in our church, in our school, in our workplaces, in our city. We are the conduits. I want to remind you of what I preached out of Ephesians where, where we brought to that the church is not peripheral to the world. We are central to the presence of God being in our neighborhoods, in our relationships, around us in community. We bring that to the table because the Spirit of God is in us. Why? Because He's the Good Shepherd. And he's leading us. Here's what I want to do is we're just going to close out our time this morning. I want you to just close your eyes, if you would, for those of you that are at home. I want you to just as still as you can. I'm going to read this over you one time. I'm going to read the 23rd Psalm after we've unpacked it here a little bit. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and bring revelation to our hearts as we process the 23rd Psalm as it's proclaimed over us. Here it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and they comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all of the days of my life. And I will live in the house of of the Lord forever. Lord, we are so grateful for the power of your word. Lord, even as we just sit under this moment, God, of your Holy Spirit, drawing us to trust you more. God, we pray that you would undo some of the thinking of our lives, God, that has compelled us to try and be the, own, the shepherd of our own lives. And Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, God, as we process through Psalms 23, as we unpack it, as we experience it, God, Lord, that you would draw us into the place, Lord, where we could truly say, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. God, I pray this week as we read through your word, Lord, as we prepare our hearts, God, for a greater move in our lives, Lord, as we fast and as we pray, as we set things aside, Lord, that we would see your complete sufficiency in our lives. And Lord, we invite you to do whatever you want in our lives, even as we sang about this this morning. Lord, we will make room for you to do whatever you want. Lord, that's why we're fasting. Lord, that's why we're seeking you in prayer. Lord, that's why we're moving through this, this space of Psalms 23. Lord, is we want to make room for you to do whatever you want, God. And we just invite that into our homes. Lord, we invite that into our lives. Lord, we break every lie of the enemy, Lord, that says we have to do this, Lord. Lord, we get to trust on the energy and sufficiency that you bring, Lord. And Lord, we just declare that over our lives today, God. Lord, may your word rest in us. Lord, may your spirit, God, surround us, Lord, as we pursue and seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.